Eur Tanuyap, Kuiget Yuans, Kuiens Na. Hi, everybody. My name is Kuiget Yuans. I'm a member of the Squamish Nation and the Yogalanis clan of the Haida Nation. You're listening to Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. We live, work, play, and broadcast from the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh Nations. the Cooperative Connection, proudly broadcasting on Vancouver Co-op Radio, 100.5 FM, and online at coopradio.org. I'm Sandy Goldman. In this episode, we explore one of the many organizations providing school-aged children with food to sustain them throughout the day. Niagara Nutrition Partners has been supporting sustainable school and community-based nutrition programs since 1998. One of its partners is First Ontario Credit Union. I spoke with program manager Jess Stevenson about the essential work of feeding children and youth in these increasingly difficult times. Her region goes well beyond the city of Niagara Falls. Here's Jess to explain and tell us more. Have a listen. Our region is made up of 12 municipalities, um, so we're quite large geographically uh, in, in terms of how we're spread, uh, and each of those municipalities have their own local government um, that oversees uh, how things work and, and uh, how people live, um, but we're very fortunate to be part of the Greenbelt, um, and we have just this robust farming land um, which actually uh, works really, really well for our student nutrition programs because we're we're able to source locally grown fruits and veg and products, and um, it's really a beautiful wraparound community partnership um, as we uh, build on those resources and and bring them into the schools. So the local farmers are par- are partners in this. They are partners in this, and um, part of our mandate actually is that we source our food and our goods from them as much as possible. So it's, you know, stimulating our local economy as well. And it's sort of a win-win for everybody. Now, as I said off the top, uh, Niagara Nutrition Partners have been around since 1998. So that's about 25 years. Yeah, yeah. I'd like you to describe the problem or the evolution of food insecurity in your region. Uh, I'm sure it's not that different than all parts of Canada uh, over the years, as we see the rise in uh, food banks growing, um, the, the need for you know good food and people having such a difficult time making ends meet. How do you how do how have you traced the history of that in your particular part of Canada? Yeah, so this particular school year actually has been unprecedented for us. So 
um, you know, last spring starting into to now, it's been what I like to call a, a perfect storm of obstacles. So although we received funding from our provincial government, the Ministry of Children, Community and Social Services for direct food purchasing, um, that funding only covers a portion of the cost for each program. It's about 15%. Um, and to put that in perspective, we have 201 school programs across our region. Um, and that funding actually hasn't increased since 2014. Mm. Now that that funding um, remaining stagnant, despite the number of students served, the needs in our communities and inflation um, has made things very difficult. So here in Niagara, um, it's much the same, like you said, as across Canada in terms of dealing with inflation and, you know, coming out of COVID and families rebuilding after a loss of jobs, et cetera. Um, but we have a lot of new development as well that's that's happening in, in our particular area. Um, Niagara Falls has also received um, an influx of refugees and asylum-seeking families that are yes. staying in the hotels um, up along the tourist district. And many of those families um, are, are, they don't have means for lunches for their children. Um, so they're relying heavily on our programs as well. So we've had schools um, call us and within a week, they've say received 180 new student families. Wow, that's um, a this, lot to take on. Abs absolutely. But I mean, we're not alone. Schools across Ontario and across all of Canada um, in the last year have been at risk for closing nutrition programs due to funding shortfalls and, and that perfect storm of obstacles. So locally here, um, last year, we were forced to pause uh, nine programs at the end of the school year. Um, and, and others had to reduce food offerings to say one food group instead of three. So our mandate is uh, three food groups at all times, um, a fruit and veg, a grain and a dairy product, because the kids deserve that they deserve, um, you know, a hearty meal to carry them through. Uh, but it was really heartbreaking for us because um, just with that demand and and the lack of funding, uh, we we had to cut back and, and kids weren't getting what they needed. Um, so, you know, there was a national school food program promised in 2021 by the Liberal government. Sadly, in the 2023 federal budget, we, we weren't included. Um, but policy writers and advocates are sharing that there is a 2024 goalpost um, as they continue to lobby key stakeholders. So we're we're just really hoping that something like that will uh, flow through because um, it's we're not alone. But uh, the evolution of the program, it, it's an essential service um, and it's something that is needed right now. And it's a very immediate way to reach families and to give them some reprieve and some relief in terms of food security. So um, if uh, the students at, let's say, the school I'm teaching at in, for example, St. Catharines are yeah. uh, receiving help from Niagara Nutrition Partners, what would that look like at, at, during the school day? Sure. So it's actually a universal program. And what that means is um, if you come to school hungry, no questions are asked, uh, you receive food. So all the schools do it a little bit differently in terms of their offering. So everybody has the standardized three food groups at all times, but it could be offered as a breakfast, a lunch or a snack, depending on the need 
the capacity of the volunteers at the school level, et cetera. So we, we work with each school individually to um, best suit them. But kids at every school in Niagara know if you're hungry, regardless of the reason, and you come to school, there is no stigma attached and you receive a healthy meal. And so let's say for breakfast, because the kids need a good breakfast, uh, otherwise they can't really be present uh, for their school day. Uh, What might that look like? You say three food groups, for example. Yeah, so um, breakfast can be a full sit-down meal, which is what happens in a lot of the elementary schools. And so those sit-down meals consist of something cooked. So it could be volunteers um, making a whole grain muffin or, you know, a whole grain pancake. It does have to meet the student nutrition guidelines. Um, So in Ontario, we have a mandate of guidelines that we follow in terms of sugar content, whole fruits and vegetables for the most part. Um, So it's a really healthy, hearty meal uh, that they're sitting down to. At the high school level, kids aren't really looking to to sit down. Um, It's more of a grab and go style, but the same foods are offered. Um, There's volunteers and teachers manning the tables. So it's a familiar face as well um, in all of the breakfast programs. It's it's bigger than just filling stomachs. It's um, a safe place, it's familiar. Um, It's it's somewhere that the kids can go and, and really feel like someone cares. Um, and just, you know, get to know other students and, and volunteers and teachers that they, they may not have the opportunity to converse with otherwise. Yeah, it's a way to create community, actually, um, in each, you know, a school um, multipurpose room or gym or wherever you have it or, you know, large uh, meeting room or cafeteria. Um, I noticed from your website that the kids are involved, too with preparing food and serving food. And they seem really proud of doing that. Tell us a bit about that part. Yeah, so that is such a beautiful part of all of this um, because it's twofold. They're not only uh, creating healthy habits um, through food that will hopefully last a lifetime, they're building on their life skills as well. Um, And it's giving them a sense of purpose and belonging within the school community. Um, A lot of our schools actually also build the food program into their everyday curriculum. So they help with, you know, budgeting for the program, ordering the food, making sure that there's enough for everybody, that we are meeting those um, nutrition guidelines. Uh, And then, you know, there's the element of prepping and cooking and serving. So it's this beautiful wraparound approach. Um, and, and it really does benefit the school in so many different ways. I know it sounds like a lot of pressure on breakfast, but, um, it's, it's just wonderful to see how we can trickle down and how it can affect everyone in such a positive way. Well, and actually, you know, I've taught for many years in an elementary setting and, uh, the start of the day is very important. Um, you know, kids can come in with, um, problems from home, health issues, friendship problems, they come into a warm uh, embrace of uh, their community, their school community, and it can help turn things around then something good in their stomach and a little physical activity as well. And that all you're off to a good start for learning. I see that your motto is eat, learn, succeed. And I think that's a terrific way to put it. The other people I see benefiting here are your community members, your volunteers in the community. Um, They seem to be quite involved and uh, enjoying giving back. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so it, it's it's a huge community effort. We have over a thousand volunteers on the front lines. That's amazing. Manning, yeah, manning these programs. We couldn't do what we do without them, quite honestly. Um, they make it happen. 
and and they love what they do and the kids mm-hmm. can feel that and there's just such such a, a beautiful connection um I, you know schools are the center of our communities and and everyone knows that and uh we have to nurture our kids they're our future um and when our volunteers go in uh you know they they get to just care for kids for an hour of their day and it it it's the same idea. They go into their workday afterwards or, you know, into their everyday life feeling just fulfilled um, and like they've done something positive and made a difference. And, and, you know, it can, it can change your outlook on everything. Exactly. And it takes a village, you know, to raise these uh, young people, as you say, they are the future and the benefits are many. Now we've been uh, talking to first Ontario credit union. Um, and one of their uh, key ways to give back to the community, as credit unions do, is through supporting student nutrition programs. They're involved in uh, quite a few throughout their uh, the regions that they serve, and you're one of them. How has First Ontario helped uh, Niagara Nutrition Partners? Yeah, so First Ontario Credit Union continues to shine as corporate role models in our community. Um, every philanthropic philanthropic gift that they give truly reflects their commitment to social responsibility. Um, through their Blue Wave Employee Volunteer Program, they support and contribute to our organization in meaningful ways like volunteering within breakfast programs. Um, they support our Farm to School Apple Program. So what that is, is uh, once a month, in order to stretch budgets a little bit further, they fund um, a local apple program using um, one of our fruit farms here in Niagara. And uh, 354 boxes of apples each month are purchased by First Ontario Credit Union. So that equals a $52,000 investment uh, every school year. Um, and uh, those boxes of apples are delivered from the farm direct to the schools by First Ontario Blue Wave volunteers. That's so it, it is. It's just that I, you know, the schools open the door and there's um, a First Ontario employee wearing their Blue Wave shirt and they get to know each other and who they are. And it's um, it's really fun to watch. Uh, and it's making a very, very big difference. Um we could again we couldn't do what we do without corporate groups like first ontario credit union coming in and filling some of these gaps as well because as you say the provincial funding hasn't increased since 2014 and the price of everything including food we know is uh unbelievable at this point i'm going to end by circling back to something you said which is uh the need for a national school food program What would that give us that we don't have now? So the number one thing it would give us is some sustainability. Right now, uh, we're filling in gaps uh, through corporate groups like First Ontario and community partners and individual donors and all these wonderful people who care so much. But the reality is that is not sustainable, Um, especially individual donors um, and, you know, those small foundations that we've always relied on in the past, they too are experiencing the same obstacles we are. I mean, inflation is affecting everyone. Um, And so a national school food program is just an immediate way to create some sustainability and to have a framework across the entire country um, you know, where we're all meeting the same standards, the kids are all getting the same quality of foods, and it's really reaching everybody. Right now, 
um, there are many kids that are going without. And that is a shame. We are the only G7 country without a national school food program. Really? So the other yeah. large countries have it, do they? They are the only one. Well, um, that's not acceptable. It's not. So it's time. And uh, anybody who can advocate on our behalf, I would encourage them to do so. Uh, the budget is right around the corner. And I'm really hoping um, that they'll make good on the promise that's, that they made in 2021. And uh, we can get going on, on something a little more sustainable. Well, Jess, thanks so much for spending time with us today on Each for All and telling us about the amazing work, the very important, essential work uh, being done by the Niagara Nutrition Partners, feeding, feeding young people, feeding minds and bodies. Uh, in the Niagara region of Ontario. You're you're one of thousands of food programs uh, across the country. And without you and the volunteers in the communities and support from credit unions and local donors, especially, uh, our kids would go hungry. And that's that's just not on. Um, they're the future. So it's thanks for pillar in food absolutely security. thanks for taking care of the kids. And it looks like people are having a lot of fun and creating community, which is what we love to hear about on our show, the way people come together to solve problems in their community. And so many people people are involved. It's really heartening to see. So we're better thanks. together. Yeah, we're better together, right? So thanks so much, Jess, and all the best going forward. Thanks everyone there for what you do to help kids. There's nothing better than helping kids as far as I'm concerned. So <laughs> Take good care and we'll get in touch along the way and we'll hope for a national school, school food program this coming year. Bye Thank for you, now. Sandy. Bye. That was Jess Stevenson, Program Manager of the Niagara Nutrition Partners, a nonprofit committed to ensuring all children and youth in the region have food to eat so they can go on to learn and succeed. That's it for this edition of Each for All, The Cooperative Connection. Thanks to my fellow cooperator, Joshua Peterman, for putting all the pieces together. I'm Sandy Goldman. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and have a cooperative week.